You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Hi, I'm Cindy Stewart and welcome to Cindy Stewart Live. I'm in a different studio today. I'm at the School of the Prophets at Joan Hunter Ministries. She graciously set me up a studio so that we could talk to some of the major prophets in this time and apostles. And I've got a very special guest, a general. I'm honored that he's here. Dr. Bill Hammond, welcome. Oh, good to be here with you. I know Later. we just met, but everybody knows who you are. You carry, and I, I said this to you earlier, not only have you had 60 years of being a prophet, you started Christian International. It's been going for 40 plus yeah. years. Yes. And you have raised up an army of reliable, powerful, kingdom changing prophets. Right. Yeah. We have taught and trained over 500,000 people around the world in the prophetic and we've trained at CI there, we've trained thousands and thousands. And um, most of those I started training in the early 80s, like Sharon Stone are now in their 60s and, uh, and major worldwide prophets. So it's been good. You know, the reason that's happened, the reason every prophet doesn't do that, in 1984, I was at a conference in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, <clears throat> this young prophet, was, he's in his 60s, I was in my 40s, <laughs> and, and, he, and he prophesied, he said, Bill Hammond, in five years there's going to be a move of God take place at your uh, conference that's going to affect the whole church worldwide. And in four years later, in 1988, we had the prophetic movement birth there. We might talk more about that later. But um, then he said, God showed me he's going to give you a special anointing to be a reproducer of reproducers who wow. reproduce reproducers. And so God gave me the wisdom revelation for teach, train, and activate the prophets and mature the prophets. And then this, like one, and then at the birthing of the prophetic movement, the Lord caught me up in the heavens. I don't have very many heavenly spirits. God's made me walk by faith and grace and gifting yeah. all my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but he, well, he walked up to me and had me this baby. And he said, this baby represents the prophetic movement being birthed tonight. And he says, I want you to take a fathering role in helping me raise these prophets up to my type of prophets to be like me. And he says, I'm commissioning you for it if you'll take it. I said, I take it. And so 
that that was the birthing of the prophetic and the commission, and God gave me that reproducing anointing. All major prophets don't reproduce, and uh, it just they didn't have that calling or anointing. And some of the major prophets that my best friends, like Sidney Jacobs and Chuck Pierce, and those like that. And they influence greatly. Yes. And and Cindy, man, she covers the world. Chuck, he's got 10 million miles yeah. on airline. <laughs> but mine has been to reproduce, reproduce. And my greatest joy is to help others find their destiny and help them fulfill it. Find their gifting and calling. And thank God the prophetic helps people to understand their calling. And God has made me to depend upon the prophetic a lot. Yeah. Some people have visions, dreams, out-of-body experiences. I just had prophecy. I received my first prophecy in 1952. Wow. That might have been before you was born. It huh? was. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it said, I've called you. And then it was, uh, it was 53. I had prophetic prosperity at the Bible college where I was at. And they prophesied everything about a prophet. A prophet does, word of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophesying, and et cetera. But in those days, they didn't have faith to call you a prophet. See, most of the church world doesn't realize that prior to 1948, 99% of the church world did not believe there were apostles and prophets in the church. Even the Pentecostals didn't. They still don't. You know? <laughs> and um, so, so when we started pioneering the prophetic, uh, you know, 2021 was the big issue about Yes. False or true prophecies. Ours is trying to prove there are prophets and apostles, yes. let alone they're prophesying. And so that was the start out. And people had a weird idea of a prophet, you know. Uh, they, they thought, is this, is this wild man comes out of the cave, bushy hair and wild eyed, <laughs> honey, locust legs rocking off of him, and he cried, we're bad, we're bad, and screams and yells, head back to his cave. But I had to teach my people that the five full ministers, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and he's one of the five represent. Yeah. So we have to be patterning Jesus, the prophet, not some idea of an Old Testament prophet. And so I had to, I had to teach me, ladies and gentlemen, because most people thought they was called to be a prophet way back then. Uh, they thought it was called to straighten everybody out, yeah. line everybody up, judge everybody, blast everybody. Yeah. And, I, and I told them, being a prophet doesn't give you a right to be crude, rude, obnoxious, yeah. and try to be a sheriff in the body of Christ and blast everybody. I said, you got to be ladies and gentlemen, and you got to, it's for edification, comfort, and, and, and direction and insight, not for trying to straighten out people's doctrine or line up their lives or anything. Yeah, I, you know, that's so interesting because while you were talking, I was looking at your book, Prophets, Pitfalls, and Principles. And through your book, you go through of all of this experience that you've learned, it says over 68 years of going through the process of clarifying right. where we're going in this prophetic season. Right. Well, when I, in 1983, God gave me the revelation. He, uh, he sent members before I had the 88 experience. And he said, I'm going to raise up a company of prophets. Just like John the Baptist was one prophet preparing yeah. the way for the coming of the Lord and fulfill the Elijah prophecy of Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. He says, now I'm going to raise up a company of prophets in the last days that's going to prepare the way, make ready a people for my coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. Too many people are looking for sweet Jesus to come back uh, as Savior, but he's coming back as King of kings yeah. and Lord of lords to clear out the wickedness off the earth and set up a new, a new heavens, new earth here. And so uh, it takes a lot to get people to switch over to understand what God's doing. And right now, 
we're uh, this this book here I wrote on the Third Reformation, the the final Reformation and the Great Awakening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're we're in it, we that started in 2008, and now we're just now coming to the place for the manifestations. Um, I talk about the First Reformation, the Second Reformation, the Third Reformation. The First Reformation was the birthing of the church, establishing it doctrinally and ministry and taking it to the ends of the earth. That took about three or four hundred years. And then we had the great falling away from 500 A.D. to 1500 A.D. And all New Testament truths were, were deadened into a religious format or put in the future or the past. And so there was nothing we enjoy today in church was not alive during that thousand year mm -hmm. period. So in 1500, God called Martin Luther to pioneer and start the first reformation of, of restoration. And my Acts 321, you, you, you've heard all your life probably Jesus coming in him on coming in him yeah. But it really doesn't teach that in the Bible. Acts no. 321 says, Jesus, when he went to heaven, sat down to the right hand of the Father, and it says he's held in heaven until, yeah. until, until, until the restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Mm -hmm. So there has to be, so he came in 1500 for restoration. So we had nine major movements from 1500 to 2007. 2007 was a saints movement that finished the restoration of the church. 2008, God spoke to me that in heaven, God was declaring the third and final church reformation. Wow. And the third reformation is to get saints activated in all the restored Jews and prepare for last day times. And that's the reason the prophets are so essential and they're going to grow more and more because we're called to reveal the mysteries. And like in Revelation 10, 7 says, the angel put one foot on the sea, one on the land, yeah. and declared, delay shall be no longer. And now we're living in that time where Ephesians 1, 10 says, in the dispensation or period of the fullness of the times, he will gather all things together in Christ. Well, we're at that fullness of time, so we have a lot of time. It's kind of like Jesus. It says, when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son. Now, I don't know why God waited 4,000 years <laughs> to send Jesus. He didn't ask my advice on it or counsel. <laughs> but uh, I don't have to understand it, but know that there's something about a fullness of time. It's not months and days and years. Right. It's when everything is set right, the world, everything is just arranged the way God wanted before him becoming Jesus came. He could have waited another thousand or two thousand years, but that was the time. And now we're in a time of the third and final reformation. And we're about to see the greatest move of God that's ever taken place on planet Earth. And I'm a church historian. My doctorate is in church history. And I've studied every move of God, every revival. And this, but what's coming, it's never been. Yeah. Where, where Isaiah says, behold, I do a new thing. It really applies to this, really. And, and they said, you've, Something you've never seen before, it's never been before, Joel says, won't have to be after because it's going to fulfill all things. So we're getting ready for the exciting days now. And I'm, I'm, I'm still a young man at 88, but <laughs> I, I'm believing to stick around long enough yeah. to, I want to participate. I've been prophesied at preaching, and I'm just believing I'll get to participate on it. If don't, I'll be up there coaching from yeah. uh, upstairs. <laughs> Giving us some hinters. Well, let me ask you something. So 
the profits that we've seen in the past are going to transition to a higher level realm is what what I hear you saying. They're yes. going to function in a fullness of their calling as opposed to these sparks that are kind of across the world and that, yeah. that really don't portray what a true prophet is. Probably not all the prophets, you know, because no, like everybody's not called a fivefold ministry. Right. You can, you know, there's five levels of the prophetic. That's one thing I had to work at too, because I got the people prophesying, then they went off calling themselves prophets. Yes. I said there's five levels of the prophetic. One is Re Revelation 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So number one, or the bottom number five, is a spirit of prophecy. And every everyone can move in that. Paul said, everyone can prophesy. Right. You may all prophesy one by one. So I've, just, I've never found anybody I couldn't activate in the prophetic out of thousands and thousands we've done from eight years old to 80 years old. And, um, but then the second is a gift of prophecy. First Corinthians 12, 10 talks about a gift where you, and I can tell the difference in somebody that's, moving the spirit of prophecy or gift of prophecy. They, just have, they have more of anointing of authority. And then there is the, what I call prophetic prosperity, where we gather together to ordain and do different things and prophesy over the people. And so then you have prophetic preaching. 35 years ago, God told me, said, wherever I went on Sunday morning, not to preach my favorite message or to teach my favorite subject, but find out what Jesus would say if he was there that morning. So I get up and tell him that as I, I brought Jesus with me to let him talk to you. And, that's good. <laughs> and so uh, that's, but I would give the word of the Lord, which was the word of the Lord for the church, but I wouldn't be saying, thus saith the Lord all the way through. I say, this is it. But if I deviated to just pre-teach a little bit, I said, now this is not part of that word. This is just something you need to know. Mm -hmm. And then, but I'd give the word. Of the Lord. I've done it and Oh, you know, 30 or 40 nations around the world and churches and people and et cetera. And so then the filth, number one, five, or the top, number yeah. one, is the office of the prophet. Now, and so a lot of people teach because they see in 1 Corinthians 14 for edification, exhortation, comfort. So they try to make a prophet be limited to that. Mm -hmm. That's not that's not the prophets. That's that's the saints right. that have the gift or the spirit of prophecy. Right. And they're not to try to direct people, do this, do that, and do the other. Mainly edification, extension, cover, that covers a lot of territory. And so we try to, but then a prophet is is only limited to do what God told him to do. Mm -hmm. So he may have to preach, prophesy judgment, prophesy blessing. I mean, you read the Old Testament, man, the prophets prophesied a lot of things. Yeah. And I've been telling people for a long time, right now, most of the time we prophesy over people, God just shows us one side of the shoot. Your calling, what you're going through, how God's going to take care of you, encourage you and comfort you and challenge you. But I said, it's coming soon. God's going to flip the sheet over and both sides will be, and there's going to be some exposures. There's going to be some Ananias of our days. There's going to be Paul and the guy that struck blind. Uh, I mean, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be days that God's going to shake this earth and shake yeah. it right my forth. And like the Isaiah, or Jer I mean, Revelation 11, where it says the two prophets were an example of this last day company of apostles and prophets, that they will be able to prophesy and, and affect the whole nations and weather and times and stuff. It's, it's going to be shaky, I mean, shaky, scary too. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but I tell people, if you want to prophesy that and looking for a job, you're not called to it. 
because God's got down to purify us, because judgment must begin at the house of God. So for the last 20 years, God's been this purifying, working on us. Well, since 2080, he turned the fire up. And and we I noticed the church that they were singing a chorus, I'm, make, I'm made in the fire, I'm made in the fire. I said, you don't realize what you're singing, because Jerem, I mean, uh, um, Joel said, I'm going to send you the prophets, and then I'm going to send the fire. Yeah. And see, the the, um, the Pentecostal movement was known for the spirit and speaking in tongues, but the prophetic movement is known for the fire. Yeah. And the fire God has sent to purge, cleanse you, and, uh, and, and enthuse you, but it's mainly a purging, purifying process. And that's what I cover in your highest calling, that God's trying to your highest calling is not to be the greatest apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, right. teacher, not the greatest business person or even president of a nation. Your highest calling is to be conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. That's good. And, but most people don't understand the process. Yeah. And the process, I, I talk about the process for conformity and the law of transformation. <clears throat> and um, for everybody that's going to go through that will have at least one, two, or three heartbreaking, mind-blowing, world-shaking situations yeah. where you say, honey, shut the doors, the windows, turn the gas on, goodbye, old world, yeah. goodbye. I'm sure you've gone through at least one in your age and stage. <laughs> yes, yes, at least one, <laughs> maybe two or three. Yeah. But, but it's really encouraged to the saints because I use Romans 8, 28, 29. Mm -hmm. It says, well, we know, when Paul says we know that all things work together, you have to look at the list in Second Corinthians 11 of all that he went through, 39 stripes, yes. beaten with for five times. Five times was this, and shipwrecked and, and stoned. Not like some people used to get stoned, you know, but, but rocks yeah. hit him. Oh, no. <laughs> and all that he went through, but he said, all things oh. work together for good. Now, that good is not better or different. It's Christ-like. Because yeah. Jesus says, none's good but God. So you you trains good to Christ-like. All things work together to make us more Christ-like. For those who are called of God according to His purpose, they, they love God and are called according to His purpose. Two requirements. If you love God and called according to your purpose, there's nothing that can happen in your life that won't be end up making you more Christ-like. Yeah. And I, I talk about, uh, uh, I might just mention this a little bit. I think somebody out there, I think someone needs this. Uh, I tell people I don't have them but friends and employees. They say, what about the devil? I said, well, he throws a rotten egg at me and God makes it good and fried chicken on the platter time it gets to me. <laughs> but I, said, I love that. <laughs> in, in James it says, in the, in, the, in, the, in the King James it says, count it all joy. Yeah. When you're what? Fall into divers, temptations, trials, and tests and problems. So all these trials and tests and problems are my friends. Because it says it kept you to burn endurance and the character of Christ and born to right. And then in Second Corinthians chapter four, verse uh, seventeen, it says, "These light afflictions work for us a far more exceeding weight of glory. Glory is Christ likeness." And uh, so I read that one day. The Lord says, "What do what do these afflictions do?" And I said, "Hmm, they're my employees. They work for me." Oh, uh, so I tell people some old. Person comes up and says, you old bald-headed prophet. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go over for 20, 30 minutes. And I take my bill for a while. And I'll give him a $20 bill. <laughs> he said, what's that for? 
I said, I pay my employees. <laughs> oh, I'm not your employee. I said, oh, yes, you are. I I, my highest business is being conformed to the likeness and image of Jesus Christ. And and part of his character is long-suffering, patience, yeah. fruit of the Spirit. And I said in the last few minutes here, I've been, I've been gaining long-suffering, mercy, you know, patience, endurance, forgiveness. And I said, man, I want to pay you forty dollars. You have really. <laughs> then I, then I usually. You're worth your way. <laughs> yeah, then I'll usually uh, uh, call, uh, see a couple of their young couple, and I'll have her come up, and I say, now next time he starts giving you a bad time, you know, pay him. Yeah. They get the point. They get the point. <laughs> I have two questions. One of them is, how do you think this? new outpouring of God, what, what's the greatest ma manifestation we're going to see? How is that going to affect the current structure of the church? Well, it's going to make a big division between those who believe in the supernatural and those who do not. Because mm -hmm. God's putting pressure on every saint to manifest the supernatural. Mm -hmm. You have a supernatural born-again experience. You have a supernatural baptism right. of the Holy Spirit speaking tongue. So you've already got the two greatest miracles in the universe is those two. And then it says all believers, if you believe and are baptized, you'll be saved. If you don't, you're going to miss out. And then it says these signs will follow full believers. Right. They'll cast out devils, they'll heal the sick. It's going to come to the state before long. God's putting pressure on every saint to get stirred up in the gifts, activate the cause of God. You know, that's the reason I trace and train, activate people in the prophetic and then the gift because God needs some people. He can demonstrate his power. Jesus says, if you can't believe me for what I say, believe me for the miracle. Yeah. And then, then in Jesus in chapter 9 of Matthew talks about miracle after miracle he had. Then it says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. What he was saying is the harvest is ripe, but those who preach the gospel with miracles are few. Yeah. You know, uh, T.L. Osborne went to India as a missionary for nine years, mm -hmm. won about a thousand people in that nine years. Came back and saw William Branham manifest the supernatural. And he said, if God can do that for him, he can do it for me. He went on a fast and prayed. And God released him in mass miracles. And he'd go to the nations. I, I used to come out in a healing evangelism uh, magazines. And he got 10,000 saved at one time. It's a big meeting, wow. 100, 300,000. He called it deaf ears. People had healed. And, and they had Muslims get healed. He had all kind of. And he got more results and more people saved in one service than it did in nine years. Wow. So we've got to have the supernatural. And prophecy is supernatural. Right. Uh, uh, they were trying to get me on um, it's supernatural with them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and he said, they, said, they talked about my book, 70 Reasons for Speaking in Tongues. And he said, well, I just work with the supernatural. And I told I said, I said, what are you talking about? There's nothing more supernatural than right. the ability to pray in tongues right in it without anything you've learned. And I said, it's supernatural. Besides that, I can tell you a lot of it's supernatural experiences mm -hmm. we've had with praying in tongues and what God did, and et cetera. So people don't realize what they have. Yeah. And my main ministry is to try to wake people up to who they are, what they have, and demonstrate it. And they say, used to when I teach and train people in the prophetic, uh, with my, I tell them, well, won't you uh, clean this area here? I don't feel led. 
So I'd, I'd take a lead pencil, now fill this lead, now obey the word of God. <laughs> I know, a lot of people don't fill lead to do the hard stuff. No. They just want the elevation, the quick yeah, elevation. We never put up with the spooky spirituals yeah, much. Yeah, no, we uh, don't either. Yeah, if it's real practical, it's real, but it's spiritual. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about the new thing you're about to launch in the prophetic. Okay. So tell me about that because I want people well, to hear. This book here is, I wrote three books on the prophetic, but what I did, I took and put all three, cut the highlights of the first two, and this one I rewrote, and it's all the pitfalls you have to avoid. I use several illustrations of men of God in the Bible and principles you need to practice and all that I've learned. And, um, Tonight I'm going to preach on the last chapter, but I can't cover it all in one night. But I'm going to have a legacy series for two times a month for the next 14 months. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be on Zoom, and I'll be there face-to-face with you. We'll be on Zoom. I'll be mentoring, teaching, activating. I'm going to take all 68 years of my ministry and exposure to prophetic and share it with you. And that way we actually spend about 28 hours together. That's more time than I'll spend with all my 3,000 ministers around the world. So this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It starts here in this November. Uh, the 8th is a is a, just a introduction, but that, the next week I'll be on and from there on till December next year, uh, I'll be teaching, training, activating, asking, answering questions and, and bringing on. And people say, well, I've, I've been around the prophetic. Let me tell you, the more experience you have and the more you know about the prophetic, the more you'll get out of this teaching. It's it's like when I first got saved, I read John 3, 16. Mm-hmm. And we just, this God so loved the world, that's all I saw. Now I read John 3, 16, and I think about all the names of God, all the yeah. levels of love. time I get through John 3, 16, I've got half the Bible covered. Yeah. See, and the, so the more you know about something, the more you get out of it. Yeah, so this class, and you're going to have 28 hours with them by the time it's all said and yeah. done. And so they will be, they will come out of this with a summary. What are they going to come out when they get through the class? They should really understand all about the prophetic. Okay. I tell them this book covers everything you probably will ever need to know about the prophetic. How to relate to it, how to minister it, how, how to fulfill your personal prophecy, how to discern between false and true prophets. Okay. And on and on and on because there's so much to it. You know, back in the 2021, you know, they were talking about false humor. I said, listen, prophecy is so many details, so many intricacies. You just can't say Judah on 1820, if it doesn't come to pass, it's false. I mean, that's just half the prophecies in the Old Testament never came to pass in a lifetime that people prophesied. Right. And I said, and Jonah was commanded of God to go prophesy, and it didn't come to pass. Yeah. And I said, and- yeah, and that's what people think. They have just a rudimentary understanding right. of prophecy. They don't understand. It's like the word. They don't understand the depths and the layers and the fullness and right. all that God wants to reveal. John three sixteen. when I was nine years old, was the word of God. Yeah. That's what I knew. Right. But at my age, I I know a whole lot more. Like you said, it's it's really half the Bible, right. just reading that one thing. Right. You think about all yeah. that. So I want you to speak to the audience, talk to them, yes. tell them, prophesy, or whatever you feel like the Holy Spirit has okay. for you to, to release over them. Okay. Let me, if you're watching this tonight, or morning, day, whatever you watch it, but let me tell you, because God predestinated 
and sovereignly worked it out to you to hear this. He's going to spark something. As we were talking, something began to leap inside of you. There was a spark. You're called to this last day company of prophets. You're called to be one of those that God's going to use to demonstrate his glory. And God's searching around the world. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro, trying to find somebody that will let God cleanse them and purge them of all self all in unchrist-like characters and use them for the pure vessels that can speak the word of the Lord. And I declare to you that if you'll just say yes to God, God, I want to be all you want me to be and I'm willing to pay the price. And listen, getting involved in the prophetic, you've got to be willing to be not just a mamby-pamby Christian because you got to get the alligator hide and you have to trade your chicken feathers in with duck feathers because it's got to roll off like water off a duck's back. And you got to have that alligator hide because you're going to get pressure. You're going to get persecuted. You're going to get talked about because the world hates prophets. The devil hates prophets because they're preparing the way and making ready for Jesus to come yes, again sir. and put the devil in the bottomless pit. And he knows his time is short. But I tell you, God is raising up prophets. And if you have an inclination or desire to be prophetic, get involved in every way you can in books and with true prophets and, and get learning and teaching and get activated and matured in it. Because God's not going to use novices. He's going to use people that's given themselves to it personally, ministerially, and etc. So I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, let the spirit of prophecy and the prophetic revelation come upon your people. Right now, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation enter each one. Receive the prophetic. And as Moses laid hands on the 70 elders and imparted that spirit in them, I speak the spirit of prophecy. I take the 68 years I've been prophesying and ministering prophecy, and I release that anointing upon you now. Receive it now in Jesus' name and dedicate to be one of the company of prophets that will help prepare the way and make ready of people for Jesus to come again. Amen. Amen. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. Thank you so amazing. much for being here with me. And I'm going to tell you guys, if it's time for you to step into your destiny and all the information is, is right on the screen there that you can look up and sign up for the classes. And I just want to thank you for watching today. You know, you are the best investment you can make because God invested in you every single day. He gave his son as an investment in your destiny. So invest in yourself, spend time with the word and spend time studying the things that Bishop has produced. 68 years of what he's done can transform your lives. Thank you so much for watching today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.